0: episode 23 how are you welcome in boys we have reoccurring guests with us today the the connor green and obviously, it's me and Kevin, and we're here, and we're ready to go. Episode 23, Kevin. Famous number 23. This one should be easy. It's a layup, if you will. Oh, Jack Nika?
1: Wrong. Connor? <laughs> uh, Paul Pierce?
0: Oh, God. Yeah, I guess that works. We can go with that, but... LeBron okay. James. I thought we'd go with Michael Jordan, but that's fine. All right. Here Wait, we go. Who's Michael Jordan? He's, um... Miley Cyrus. World By the so he played for. So Michael Jordan, actually interesting guy, He played for the um, Chicago Bulls. I think he was a good shooter. All right, White Sox, White Sox, Chicago Blackhawks. All right. So this week's podcast, and of course we're starting with my dog barking. We're gonna go. We're gonna look at the Boston Bruins and how they've looked over the last. Probably let's look at five, six games. Um, We've veered off a little bit in the last two weeks, getting on some guests, talking Red Wings, talking Maple Leafs. But I want to really deep dive into the Bruins. And that's kind of Connor's area of expertise. So that's another reason why we brought him on this week. Um, Just kind of an overall pulse check. Obviously, things are not great lately, right? The Bruins are on a downfall. We've lost four of our last five games, right? So uh, we'll start with Kev. I know Kevin's Kevin's sick today. He has a sore throat, so he's going to be talking. No, to I am energized. Minutes. I have
2: been able to talk for three days now. But... All right. So, so we won't start okay, with man. Yeah. You know what, Kev?
0: Give us a quick review. How do you feel the Bruins have been, and then we'll let Connor get long-winded.
2: It's been it's been disappointing. I understand we've been dealing with injuries and everything, but you got to find ways to win. Next man up, you're just – your top lines aren't producing. Power play's not producing. Swayman's so, look out of it. There's no defense, and it's been a shit show.
0: Agree, one hundred percent, Kevin. I think like we really do need to give you a moment. Like after hearing your voice, this really is your Jordan flu game. You dropped the ball so bad. I On said layup twenty
1: three. What do you? Yeah, doing?
0: yeah. I said yeah, layup. You should have said comment. this is my Jordan flu game. It would have been magic. It would have been masterful. But you failed. And I mean, I guess that just is what it is. Connor Bruins last five games. How do you feel about him?
1: Awful. Um, They're completely headed in the wrong direction at the wrong time of the year, headed towards the playoff push. Um, Although you can attribute a lot of this to injuries, which is kind of frustrating, right? Um, Jeremy Swayman hasn't been the impact goaltender that you would have hoped of of late. Um, I think what you saw earlier in the year of the team protecting him and playing him more against non-playoff opponents is really coming out to shine now that he's been facing, you know, a little bit tougher teams. Even last night when he came in relief for Linus Olmark, you know, he couldn't even do it against the Ottawa Senators. And that's kind of where I think a lot of Bruins nation is having the straw across the back scenario now.
0: Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think just to kind of piggyback off that sway has kind of hit that rookie wall, which we knew was going to happen. I mean, if you know hockey and you know goaltending, it's hard for a 23 year old to sustain hockey at a high level for 82 games. And obviously not, you know, I mean, even playing every other game, 36 games is a lot of games for a rookie goaltender. It is. And he's played pretty good. He's 2012. He's 20 and 12. He has three OTLs. Um, his goals against average is what? It's 2.38, save percentage, 9.15. Great number still, you know what I mean, for a rookie goalie. And there was, there was a little bit there where Swayman was dominating, and he was into the, into the call to trophy candidacy and everything. And the Bruins did start to play him against those bigger opponents, and he was doing well. And then a flip kind of switched, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say Swayman's been terrible because he hasn't, but he just hasn't been that impact goaltender that he showed he can be. So I think when you show Bruins fans, especially like something good and it's new, we're going to expect that 24-7. You got to remember he's a rookie and there's obviously going to be the the fallback for a little bit. I think the biggest thing with a young goaltender is confidence. So we just got to hope that he gets it back in line quick and he comes back around because right, I mean, it's going to be a problem if he's not. That's, that's like the biggest way to look at it. And then yeah. to, to piggyback on top of all that, right, Connor, do you have something on that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think this is what you're starting to just expect from young goalies. And for me personally, uh, this isn't anything that I know. This is kind of my theory on it, is you have these goalies that come in who are significantly skilled to the point where they can make the jump to the NHL and they're lights out for three quarters of their first season. Well, that's because nobody in the league has any kind of book on the goalie, where to shoot against them, you know, a way to shoot from certain areas that, you know, maybe the goalie's more susceptible to let things in. You know, you start to get that throughout a season, and players are looking at this tape constantly, figuring out how to score, and then they get figured out. And that's when it becomes the. The Matt Murray or the Jordan Bennington effect for me—they come out and they're great, really, really early in their career, and then it fizzles out and they become average and, and then you they, have they to fall pivot. off.
0: You have to pivot. Yeah, that's the great goaltenders pivot. Great goaltenders works hard on those areas of the game that get exploited till they're not weaknesses. That's something that Tuukka Rask did. Young, uh, early in his career, Tuukka was terrible at playing the puck, terrible at it. Later on in his career, he was reveled about how good he was. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you have to look at that. And Swayman is young, and I think he's very moldable, and I think he's kind of a – I think he's a confident kid. So like, I think he's going to recover well from this, and I think we still do have our starting elite goaltender that we're hoping we have in him. But I think we need to taper our expectations a bit at what we're going to get right now at a 23-year-old goaltender. It's that simple. And I mean, what you said is right. The book is now out on Swayman, right? Just, I mean, in I was a high school hockey player. Looking at Swayman, he doesn't have good rebound control, and he's not great at cross greases. Do the guys who play at the NHL level know that times thirty? They know that way more detail. So, like the book's out, and it's that simple. I mean, but, so yeah,
1: this is where we probably this, like you said, I'm going to go long winded here, but this is where it becomes to be the defense's fault. You know what Swayman is. You know what his faults are. So if you can understand that he is not good against cross crease as the defensive pair, you should never be cheating from your offside because you know that he's not going to be able to defend that. So you what can do you let something that? else go? When you see that
0: game after game, do we keep blaming the players or do we start to say, Hey, coaches, are you seeing this? Cause we're seeing it. You know what I mean? But that, that, that yeah. segues perfectly into my next point, our injuries. Let's just look at the back end. We won't even get into Pasta Nolmark. We'll just look at Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick. Three guys who are banged up or have been banged up. We got to see Grizzlick back last night. Carlo practiced today, thankfully, right? Is that, affecting, is that affecting this process? Having different guys in and out of the lineup nonstop. The chemistry is now weird. Everyone's not in their positions they're supposed to be. You see Mike Riley playing top-line minutes, and it's scary. Do you think that affects us?
1: Absolutely, I do. Um, Especially because Lindholm, right? Your biggest significant trade target at the deadline comes in, plays some games. He's absolutely fantastic. And as a Bruins fan, you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. Now we have a legitimate four to five defenseman in our system that can take us into the playoffs. Now, boom, here you go. As soon as you're starting to mix Lindholm in with somebody other than just McAvoy to see what you've really got for options coming to the playoffs, you start dropping like flies. And it's the worst time of the year for it to happen. But when it comes to Brandon Carlo, honestly, this is the time of the year that he gets hurt every single time.
0: When attrition sets in, Carlo gets hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been proven. Um, Kev, how do you feel about the Broads' back end in the injuries? I don't, I don't mean to.
2: No, it's totally fine, but um, it's scary. It's like you said, when you have the chemistry getting mixed up, like you have guys like the whole season as a pairing. It's just um, – it's tough. It's very tough. Like forward and Clifton, it's – once you get those guys after a certain amount of games, it's – they get – they had figured out, and people understand how to play against them, and they break down. They make stupid plays, and it's bad. It's bad yeah, I mean,
0: everybody. I agree. I think if you roll out forbert Cliffy mm-hmm. as a playoff defensive pair and you're playing a team like the Maple Leafs, they are going to try trying to think of a correct way to put this <laughs> and it not sound very bad. They are going to fuck you up. And that, that's, the, that's the most PG way I could say what's going to happen. Like, I just don't,
1: I mean, it just it stresses me out. So here's the question. What about that defensive pair makes you think that? Because I, I have an opinion, but I want to see what yours is.
0: Mine is the fact that there's not enough brain. Like, they just, they don't think enough. Like, you know, I mean, there are guys, right, you say, like, think less. Like, you want Charlie McAvoy, you don't want him to think. You just want him to do. Connor Clifton, I want him to think a little bit. Because here's the thing. Cliffy takes risks, right? And you want a, a well- Cliffy hockey, defenseman who can skate back and get things. You're, ideally, you'd look and you'd be like, hey, Cliffy hockey with a stay-at-home defenseman is a great situation. But not when your stay-at-home
1: defenseman is not mobile. and kind of sucks. <laughs> like, okay. So now we've established what the problem is. It's not really Clifton. I think it's forward. So one of the pairings that I, I would prefer to see is Josh Brown with Connor Clifton.
0: Yeah, that might work. Because Josh Brown's bigger, but he has some skating ability that F- Forbert just does not have.
1: And Brown will use his toughness. Yep, One Forbert of the things also, that I've softest been... Softest
0: baby shit. I just, yeah, Forbert and me are done. I'm done with Forbert.
1: That's one of my biggest things. When they brought him in, I said, okay, well, he's been kind of sheltered on Western Conference teams. We'll give him a shot. He played with the Kings, played with Winnipeg. They've been decent. Um, and then he came in to play with Mcvoy. Obviously not working there. Completely different stratospheres. I mean, you can try to make that Zedano Chara comparison all you want, but Chara's hockey IQ is off the charts compared to Derek Forbert. And then as you see him try to pair with other people throughout the lineup, it just doesn't work, period. It just feels like now we have a new John Moore scenario where he's probably going to play in Providence next year. And I would rather see Josh Brown, who A, is a better skater than Forbert, B, a younger version, and C, he is not afraid to A, drop the gloves in that scenario, or B, lay just absolutely punishing hits in the corner. Forbert, that's what you look for out of a bottom pair defenseman, and you're just not getting it.
0: I look at Forbert as a guy who thinks he should be a top pair defenseman, and he plays... He plays like a top pair defenseman without the talent and ability to do it. He doesn't play like a bottom pair defenseman. He's not out there laying big hits. He's not out there playing physical. He's a big guy who, you know, I mean, like Carlo and Forbert to me this year have not been that far apart. And that's like the scariest point. Like Brandon Carlo is a guy I've been very high in his whole career. I'm still high on down the road. I think this has been a not great year for Carlo. But at the same time, like I say that, right? And then what is Carlos plus minus? He's yeah, I mean he's plus four. You expect a better better numbers out of Carlo. So when you have McAvoy at plus twenty-one. You know what I mean? It's like Brandon
1: Carlo had injury history early yeah. in his career, and his past three seasons have just have it. not been impressive. And that's really worrisome. You get injuries early, and then your career starts to taper off for a few years in a row. That's not a coincidence anymore. It's starting to become a trend.
0: Yeah. And that's where it's like where people come around, right? And they look at the decor and they're like, oh, we need like Grizzly. Grizzly's plus 22, guys. Grizzly's plus 22. McAvoy's
1: plus 21. Yeah, Grizzly's great. Those are your guys. You can be on the ice. Yeah. And and that's That's good. That's turning out to be his problem, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, Grizzly's played 66 games, so he's. Same amount as Craig Smith. He, I mean, same amount as Bergeron. It, more than Marshawn. Marshawn they're suspension-wise. But Grizzly's been out there this year. At least when Grizzly's been hurt, he's turned around pretty quick. And a good amount of Grizzly's time this year was illness. So you do got to be throw a little bit with that. You know what I mean?
1: But you know uh, what? Your your greatest ability as a hockey player is your availability.
0: Of course. That, I mean, that's something that I've always – I've looked at Keith Yandel and been like, wow, that guy did that for that long. The same thing I look at Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is, I mean – a hot dog beer drinking machine, and he just plays hockey. He just plays hockey all the time. And, I mean, it, it is 100% agree with that. Um, 100%. So let me
1: ask you this then, since we had the conversation about it. Do you think that the Bruins' defensive core overall, you know, I'm not even just saying this year, do you think that they have an injury problem? That's hard. Um,
0: when you really look at it, it's been the same isolated players. You know what I mean? The injury problem for the Bruins over the last three or four years coming into playoff time, other than when was he not hurt? It's Carlo. Right? Was Carlo hurt in 2019? He wasn't, correct? He did make the Stanley Cup run, but Kevin Miller was hurt.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's like, we. I mean, we have had some injury problems in the back end. We have. But I mean, who are we got to blame for that? So, I mean, you know what I mean? We're not going to look at the training staff and say it's them.
1: Yeah, I understand, but so the thing that's really bothersome to me, and I understand it's an injury. It's not, you know, intentional or anybody's fault necessarily. Um, but when you have two of your top four defensemen who are, I would honestly say, injury prone at this point or banged up prone, if you will, that's a problem. Of course. But it's a problem that we just have to deal with I think, right?
0: i mean like what are we gonna do at this point you gotta roll with it and luckily we do have some strong deep prospects in the system
1: yeah who uh missed the entire year with injury yeah what do you know
0: (laughs) and the top defensive prospect in college is going back so bright future let's get into some other topics i don't want to be that pessimistic let's talk about some other injuries (laughs) <laughs> Let's look at David Pasternak. And this puts me right – so David Pasternak's out. We had this on the sheet. I'm just going to jump right into it and then we'll play backwards, play some backwards ball. Is David Pasternak the heart and soul of this team after all? Kevin,
2: you answer that question first. Um, yeah, like we, like you said it perfectly last night, Pasta brings a certain swag to this team that, like, gives them a whole nother, like – Ability to mention That confidence level Knowing, alright, Ponce is on the ice This dude can score legit At will, if he wants to you Just get the puck on the stick One timer From down there And he's going to score I think with him out, it's definitely shown that they're our power play Going into last night, we were Over 13 In the game since Paz has been out So, it's been tough So I think Somewhat, yes going forward he is the heart and soul just his personality his swagger it's, it's infectious when he's on the ice so
1: mr green i'm going to say no okay i do not think he's the heart and soul of this team i still think it's brad Marshan, whether anybody wants to love that or hate it i think right now if you if you look at what's actually happening on the ice and you take away the scores you take away the analytics the Bruins are really missing out because of injury on the back end. And that's it. Like, even if you just take Hampus Lindholm alone, who they acquired, the difference that you saw in this team that's making you think that this Bruins team is better right now than they are... Was him. Was him. Because he was able to move the puck and transition play out of their own zone extremely effectively. What you're looking at right now is the Boston Bruins from a month and a half ago. You just have higher expectations now.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, after you see them play so good, go on that run, get some better players, look even better. Of course, that's what you want to see, right? But it's like, I look to have the Bruins peak too soon, or are we happy that this bad patch is coming now? In a way, I like to look at it that as the glass kind of half full. And that we're we're happy it's happening now. And hopefully they get healthy and they're ready for the playoffs. That's the biggest thing. But to go back to the question of is Pasta not the heart and soul of this team? The heart and soul, no. I agree with you. It's Brad Marshawn. I would not take that away from Marshawn at all. He's the lifeblood of what a Boston Bruin is meant to be. Does Pasta give this team a different element and a swagger? Yes, he does. Pasta's infectious. His personality is infectious. Is Pasta the one of the most important pieces of this puzzle for now and for the future of the Boston Bruins, a thousand percent. I think we all agree with that. It's that simple, but I mean, another guy, right? So we look at like, Omar. Mark, out hurt. We all have to hope that it's not long-term. He took a hard shot to the head. He came back. He finished out the period played decently strong, but didn't quite look like himself on his edge work going side to side. I thought he looked a little weird. Sway comes in, finishes out the game. Omar doesn't practice today. I would like to think Olmark's going to be okay. I'm not thinking it's anything long-term. I think it might be just be like his cage is rattled and they gave him a day off and it's going to be a game or two. And we can trust Swayman for a game or two. Like I mean, we can't.
1: We hope. You can trust him for a game or two for the next two weeks.
0: Yeah. After yeah.
1: that, I don't think you can trust him for more than a game. Yeah. I mean,
0: I have, unless Swayman gets back and blows us away right now, Olmark is my day one of the playoff starter. I talked to my dad about it. I actually asked him before we recorded, just to kind of get his opinion on it. Um, I mean, I asked him a couple days ago, but still it, it, Omar is our day one starter. I mean, I think a lot of people agree he's proven. it. He's proven it. And he's, he's steady Eddie. That's what he is. He's steady.
1: That's why he got paid $5 million. Rick, he deserves what
0: he got paid. I, I don't think he didn't. I, I mean, I think that it, you listen if you can have Swayman keep excelling and Omar keep playing the way he does, you have a good goaltending tandem. That's not the Bruins' biggest problem. It's and not let, And
1: let's be honest. What's happening right now with a potential injury to Olmark, if there is one, is 100% why the Bruins wanted to bring Rask back.
0: Yeah, just in case. I mean... Insurance. Things... Yeah, of course. I mean... I get it. What, who do we have now? Like, Who's our next guy at Grossman?
1: Like fill what? in the blank. I mean, you have yeah. Kaiser down yeah. in Providence. Yeah. He's probably the next most talented that yeah, they could but, bring up. But not most ready. No, not so, most ready. Um, but I don't know. It's to a point where you're basically locked in. To a playoff spot, unless you completely lay a dump for every game to finish out the season. So, with the injuries that are here, why not just? Well, I mean, uh, let if, the it ride?
0: if the Canadians just win tonight, the Bruins are in the playoffs. Bruins so, going to be a playoff team. That's not something to worry about. But yeah, so I feel like at guys this point,
1: at this point, what's what's the rush? Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of what's happening with the Posternak scenario here. Um, they were, you know, expecting him to be back already, and he's not. So I feel like this has turned into a well. We're gonna let him, you know, get fully healthy, rest up, recover, be hundred percent. It doesn't matter. Yeah, are you gonna play some really pointless games with a lot of Providence players? Absolutely. But right if now is, is your time to figure out who's gonna be making a step next year, or who you're ready to move on from in the offseason. Now's that time.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, kind of like move us, will bounce around a little more. How about Trent Frederick get, being a healthy scratch last night? Proved it was probably not the best move.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Oh, that, uh, that was stupid. I think I texted you guys during yeah. the middle of the game and said, oh, wow, you know who could really be doing their job right now? Trent Frederick.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it just it plays back and like, I'm not a Bruce Cassidy guy. Right. I know his record is what it is, and he's had a success. Can't take that away from him. I don't think he makes the right lineup decisions. I really don't. I don't see so that's the thing. Like this Bruins roster, he hasn't got the most out of it. He hasn't. Like we, we look at it and we're like, oh, we need this, we need this. We have fucking David Posternock, Patrice Bergeron, Taylor Hall, Brad Marshall, Charlie McAvoy, Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusk, who's proving now that he's being, he's in the correct position and he's finally getting some respect, but he's still a 20-goal scorer. Craig Smith, we have good players in this team. Bruce Cassidy does not get the most out of him, but that's a different hill I'm not ready to die on. so Fred Frederick's proven he should be a steady guy in the lineup. Freddie's done enough over the last couple months to get the respect, to get to stay in the lineup when he has a couple bad games. But it's just Bruce being Bruce. He tinkers with shit just to try to make it make – it, yeah. I'm not a Bruce Cassidy guy. Would you there.
1: say that the Bruins play too defensive? I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say they
0: play too defensive when fucking Connor Brown skates up the middle by you three times in a row, in one shift. Like, it. I don't. I mean, I no. I don't you know, think like, I that's I hate what the style I'm trying to. Hockey, you
1: know? I'm trying to figure that out here. You know, with the gripe against Cassidy and like star, you know, talent. Like, what are you saying that he does wrong or doesn't structure. do? Structure of structure
0: purely on of structure. I don't. I mean, I think he finally has the line decently when everyone's healthy. But I just don't. I don't love like his the mind games he plays with players trying to motivate him. It usually doesn't work. He play he plays the wrong cards often, and I mean, I just I don't. I mean, listen to me. I'm a. I listen to Spit and every week. Wit said the guys in Boston two weeks ago. He said on the podcast, do not like Cassidy. He was like Cassidy. I can confirm. He was like, players in the Bruins team are not big fans of Cassidy, but he wins in the veterans' like him. But there are guys in that organization that do not want him there. Clear as day. Jake DeBrus doesn't go out every week, play his ass off, score goals, clearly having fun in the ice, and still want a trade request, playing with two of the best players in the world. It's because of Cassidy. The guy's a dick. I mean, I, I think everyone can tell that, right? Am I wrong? Do you disagree? I, I, mean, I'm, no, I mean, I'm always but... open to it.
1: So I think we should just have the full out Cassidy discussion now. I mean, it's on the uh, Jennifer later in the show, but now's the natural time. I mean, Cassidy comes out and rips the team after horrible losses. So for me, it's completely justified. If you're an NHL player on the team, And you're getting paid these millions of dollars and you're supposed to be a quote-unquote playoff contender. And that's what you as the players are speaking to the media and saying. But you can't take your coach saying, I want my defensemen to play more like pricks or calling us lazy, getting blown out by awful teams. Get over yourselves. That's what a coach is supposed to do, supposed to motivate you.
0: Do I agree that he's supposed to do those things? Yes, but did they respond? No.
1: So then, then who is that on? Is that on the coach or is that on the players? It's on both. I mean, you,
0: I, I mean, I, I just I look at it as if my coach said that to me, I would want to put it all on the line. I would want to go out there and blow the doors off the Ottawa fucking Senators, and we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. So I mean, it falls on both. Right. You took it, another dump.
1: Yeah. And and
0: to be honest with you, right. If, if the Bruins are winning, winning, winning and the lineup's good, we're probably not having this conversation. I'm probably saying Bruce is fine. And I realize that, like, I know that my emotions and my like feelings of late change my tone and my opinions. Like I'm transparent with that. I always have been there. You know, I have episodes where I sit here and say the Bruins are going to win the cup. And then I have ones like today where I'm like, yeah,
1: things aren't looking so good. The power structure in the NHL is so jacked up. Like there's no clear cut anymore of player coach front office owner. There's a lot of murky middles and lines. The players make millions of dollars. And if they don't like something that the coach does, they perform like shit. They just stop playing to their capability or they make subtle remarks in the media and go behind closed doors to upper management and oust the coach. Like at what point do we get in the NHL where coaching is practically pointless?
0: So coaching and hockey is different than any other sport pretty much. Right. By the time you get to the NHL there, you're not running fucking plays. Like this isn't basketball, basketball and football coaches are running plays. In hockey, they're not. They are motivators. They are tinkerers of the lineup. If you are not motivating your guys to play at their top level, if you are not tinkering with the lineup correctly, you're failing at your job. There X's and O's, That the video coach is doing that. Bruce isn't sitting in there giving them the video. You know what I mean? That's a video coach's job. He's in there, he's doing things. But still, it's kind of like these guys have the ability to do these things. They're not running plays. You know what I mean? It's not every shift's not a play, so I just I think coaching in hockey is more about motivating and making the guys want to play for you than it is for how analytically smart you are or how much you read situations. And I think Cassidy's been great at that for a while. He has. I mean, his record shows it. Like it's tough to be like fuck this guy and then look at the record and be like yeah, you
1: know what? But I mean? But is that because of him or is that because no, the Bruins? Have I don't had think a it really is. Kick ass team and yeah. a great veteran core.
0: I think it's the fact that like no matter what he says, like who do you think the players respond to more? Hall of Famer Patrice Bergeron or SPHL star Bruce Cassidy? Yeah. IHL, whatever he played in the IHL, which is the equivalent of what the AHL is now. You know what I mean? He was a good puck moving defenseman. He was small and it didn't fit in, in those times.
1: Now here's a radical Whose idea. voice holds
0: more value? Patrice Bergeron or Bruce Cassidy? Kevin. Both of you. Answer that question. No, it's Patrice like Correct. He
2: inherited the team. He inherited a winning team. It's, it's that simple. Just so he everyone knows,
0: t- I just noticed this. Kevin is wearing a... The Kirill Caprizov yep, shirt. Yep, a Caprizov shirt right now. <laughs> I just noticed that's unreal. Number, one, that.
1: wild Big weekend, number one wild next
0: fan. Next weekend. Next weekend. I'm seeing Kevin and he's going to get himself a very, very nice Carhartt cue the Duck Boat sweatshirt.
1: So I'm sure he's excited. Connor, Patrice Bergeron or Bruce Cassidy? Who, who does this team respond to more? Easily Patrice Bergeron. Correct. I think everybody in the organization from coaching staff to general manager to president of hockey operations and maybe even the owner listens to what Patrice Bergeron has to say when it comes to the Boston Bruins. Correct. So like this is one of the, the peculiar things about the NHL right now. There's a lot of – similarities between what's happening in the NHL and what's happening in the NFL. Right. You're seeing more, more power go to the players versus the coaches, you know, i.e. the Tom Brady effect. He didn't get along with uh, Belichick anymore. He goes to Tampa, he retires and he unretires and poof magically Arians is gone. You value the talent over the coaching as you should like so and you have and you said it uh when you were explaining that earlier that you have all of these video coaches and specialty coaches that work with these players on these things at what point does a general manager just become your essential head coach and really not even need to be on the bench because most of the time when you see a team call a timeout and they're working up a play The head coach isn't involved.
0: It's not the head coach. Bruce Cassidy tried to draw up a play yesterday. What he wrote was 37, 72, and 48. That's what he wrote down. That's what was on his board. I was staring at it. Like, what's he drawing up? What is he drawing up? He he wrote three numbers down, and he just started talking and pointing at it. And I was like, what is this guy doing? What is he doing? It, It was amazing. I was like, this is my point. Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. That's why some people do I mean look at the Patriots I know we're talking about different sport but
1: Belichick is also the GM well that was my point like you've seen it in other NHL markets you know when they fire a head coach the most recent one was Anaheim a couple of years ago um, Bob Murray went behind the bench as the general manager for the rest of the season I believe if not it was just a couple of weeks but I believe it was the rest of the season. To see what the problems were and what was actually going on. He was able to establish, hey, this is what I need to work on on my roster to make it more successful. And there's no middleman at that point. And if you're telling me that Bruce Cassidy is to blame for a lot of struggles, I don't know. I think it's
2: got to fall on the players. Yeah, no, so the same thing's happening also in Boston with the Celtics. Brad Stevens with Jason Tatum, your star-studded guy, will be a top-ten guy in the NBA. Him and Stevens are starting to have a little falling out. Stevens goes to the president of basketball operations. You bring a guy like Ime Akuda, who has the respect of Tatum Brown Smart for when he coached them on the Olympic team. And now they're second in the whole Eastern Conference after getting bounced in the first round with Stevens. Like, it's changed. Once you have players that respect your head coach, they play different. They want to play for that guy. And it's happening in two different sports in Boston right now. Same thing happened with the Red Sox. When they brought in Alex Cora, a former Red Sox player that everyone respects, they won a World Series. They went to the ALCS last year. It's just, if you have the right guy there, the respect, they want to play for him every night. It's they don't care they can be criticized, but they know that coach is calling them the right spot to put them in the best position to be the best they can be. And with Cassidy, they were, like Jake was saying, they're not responding because there has to be a level of respect that's just not there. They don't respect Cassidy. They don't respect what he's saying, but they respect what Bergeron says. They respected what Chara said when he was here. Those guys who have been doing it for so many years, they respect, and you're going to do it for them because you want to win a cup for your core veterans, and that's what's happening.
1: So do you think that if Cassidy was replaced, this team would perform better?
2: Um, it comes down to the coach. That's really who it comes down to. And to an extent, yes and no, like with the injuries, that's not Cassie's fault. These guys are injured. You're you had three of your top four defensive players out. Like you just can't. That's tough to win a game like that. So you have your best goal scorer out. It's it's tough. That's not on Cassie. That's on it's on those players. They're out. It's injured. It happens. That's sports for you. It's like when Tom Brady tore his Shout out
0: to Matt know. Castle.
2: Matt so, Castle, yeah. So they made the, they make the playoffs all here. They no, were like 10-6. The, but,
1: the, the funny thing for me is Jake asked us, who do you think the players listen to more, Patrice Bergeron or Bruce Cassidy? Want to know what the funny thing is? I think Bruce Cassidy's job solely hinges on what happens with Patrice Bergeron. If Patrice Bergeron decides to retire, Bruce Cassidy's gone. He is getting fired 100%, and they're going to move on. If Bergeron stays around on evergreen deals, I think there's no way in hell that you're firing Cassidy for another coach when you've got Bergeron on evergreen deals trying to finish off a Stanley Cup push.
2: Yeah, so here's the thing, when they do down. decide to move on Cassidy, do you keep it in-house or do you go outside and you bring in somebody new?
1: I think the next step for the Bruins is you have to go outside the organization for all positions, coach, general manager, and president of Hockey Ops. You have to. I mean, you're also seeing that as a trend throughout the whole league. There's really not a lot of internal promotion.
0: I don't they're so, getting their really Jacobs Snoobie. doing that. I think Cam Neely is their golden boy in these days. I really do. I don't think you see a different president of the hockey ops. I also think that Cam they're very culture, high in Chris Kelly.
1: Cam Neely's culture is exactly why you have all of your younger players who hate your coach. Correct. Because oh, I don't,
0: I don't think that it's right. I'm just You're expecting you a
1: bunch of skilled players to play a third line style of hockey.
0: That's the thing. Like they, the Bruins just want these like high scoring grinders. But take a peek around the league. How and high scoring
1: there? grinders last for four to five years, and, and then they out. suck. Look at Josh Anderson. I was really high on ah, him two to three years ago. I, I still, I'm still high up. on. him.
0: I still think that Josh Anderson, not on the Habs, is a better player, obviously. I mean, you know, but like you're saying that, but Josh Anderson has 18 goals this year on a terrible team. In Boston, that's more. So but he's 27
1: now. It's like two years from now when you're on episode 300 and something of this podcast. I know. You're going to think about this and you're like, oh, my God, how many goals does he have? Yeah. He's in the AHL. What? Yeah.
0: I know. It's That's just... what
1: happens with those style of players.
0: I know. And then there's gonna be a guy like Trevor Ziegris and these Cole Caulfields and these small, quick, super skill guys who are gonna play a thousand games and have a thousand points. That's the direction the NHL's going in. Like it or not. And I mean I don't have a problem with it, but we gotta wrap this up soon. So let's get into the some. What of do you our mean? The thoughts? league doesn't
2: want more J Eagles? No, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't.
0: We have enough plugs for all the outlets in the world. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the playoffs. Let's let's wrap this up in a forward-thinking playoff mood, right? Let's look at the Bruins are going to be healthy. I want it from the point of view that we're going to be healthy. We're going to be firing all cylinders. The players are going to be listening to Bruce. Who do you want in the first round? Carolina, Florida, and Toronto are I think, the three highest chances. If we play a little better, we're going to get Toronto. We play how we've been playing, we're going to get Carolina. We play worse, we're going to get Florida. Agreed with that statement? Caveat in yeah. there.
1: That it could be Carolina or the Rangers. They have the same amount of games left and they are battling it out and they have a head-to-head game. We could see the Rangers overtake Carolina just to make things fair. Yep. Because I know that uh, Berkowitz will uh, have a meltdown if we don't mention that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, the Rangers are good. I think the Rangers are good. I don't really want to play the
1: Rangers. You will get goalied very easily yeah
0: the rangers so good he's scary and they have enough top end guys where they can score so i mean the rangers i don't want to play but i like how the bruins match up against them at the same time carolina you've kind of switched me up on a little bit i think the bruins in a grind of a playoff series can out muscle carolina and can beat them toronto bruins will beat. In a seven-game series, they have to prove me otherwise till I change my mind. And Florida Panthers, I think, will beat us. They're never out of a game, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'll let you guys go longer on it. Uh, Kev, we'll let, we'll let you go second. Let's go team by team.
2: Let's
0: okay. Make it, okay. Let's make it fun. Yep, that's fine. We'll start off with the we'll start off with the Rangers. Shout out uh, the Pangers pod. Listen to the New York Pangers pod if you're a Rangers fan. Or we love you, fan. Burko. Yeah, Jacob Berkowitz is an absolute cartoon character, so just listen to that kid. <laughs> um, guy's recording like on trash cans, his car, maybe a stoop, maybe a, a luxury villa. You never know where he's going to be at. He's
1: he's the, the Kevin Weeks of Inside the Ring. Yeah, he,
0: he works his ass off. <laughs> um, he really does. He, that kid works his ass off. But um, I, I think I went into it first. Like, I really don't want to play the Rangers. I think the Bruins match up pretty good against them. I think it would be a seven-game dogfight. They have the edge in goaltending. We have the edge, I think, in Lincoln. goal scoring. Defense, healthy, pry lines up pretty decently.
1: It'd be a battle. Our defense would definitely be better than the Rangers, but I think the depth of talent yeah, in the forward good, group. Yeah, they have
0: depth. That's the...
1: Yeah, we would probably get blown away. But the Rangers are the one team in the Eastern Conference that I think will goalie their way to victories. That is the one team in this Eastern Conference who, if their goalie just stays hot, they could ride all the way with being a mediocre, you know, defensive team. So for me, what I want to play them, they wouldn't be my first option. I would probably put them as my second pick.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, we're not like scared of them. Right. Like at the same time, like I'm not, I'm not going to say like let's play Toronto over the Rangers. Even though I just said, I think we beat Toronto. You know what I mean? Because Austin Matthews doesn't play for the Rangers. It's that simple. Alexi Lafreniere has not been Austin Matthews like everyone thought he was going to be.
1: Even Artemi so, so. Panarin really hasn't been, you know, crazy impressive.
2: Yeah. Kev, how about you? No, he think it's just staring, dude. He watches highlights, like, dude studies a brick wall. He's going to win the Vezina. It's just...
1: Pun intended. Already past him. With the brick wall?
2: Oh, I do have a brick wall.
1: For those of you who can't see, Kevin has a brick wall background,
0: but he's all bricked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, no. Kevin.
2: No, that's good. But no, I definitely think. it's gonna be a dog fight. It's. I don't One thing though,
0: you—I mean, Panarin has 89 points in 70 games. We can't exactly say we're not. I mean, that—that's pretty good.
1: You're making 11 million per season. You're failing versus all the other players in the Chris Chris Kreider's a
0: 50-goal right? scorer. That's
1: something. That's something. If you stay mm. out of the box, he has a hard time scoring.
0: Yeah, you want to know what else with Chris Kreider? There's never been a player in the history of any, of the NHL who goes more offsides than Chris Kreider. That guy will be 25 feet offsides before he even figures it out. He's what? committed
1: to offense, baby. <laughs>
0: he is. He's, I know. He's a cherry picker. But, you know, the range of the Rangers would go into the Carolina Panthers, Connor.
1: Carolina Panthers, get the hell out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah that was bad. I was thinking that was, wow, that's that was almost good. as bad, bad as your as original, original seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm getting tired already. So the, the Carolina Panthers. Hurricanes, Carolina Panthers. I love that. I was thinking, I was gonna, I was trying to mentally, I was like, am I gonna go Florida first or Carolina? No, I was like, we'll stay in the Metro. I was like, let's go Carolina.
1: Nice. So, the Hurricanes, this honestly is the team that I would pick number one to wanting to play in the first round, which I think Freddie Anderson being in Carolina has a lot to do with it. It's a goalie that this team has seen a lot of, they know how to shoot against him and vice versa you have the book and he's got a track record of not being able to beat the Bruins. I don't care what team he's on. Secondly, Carolina is still really young of a team and they haven't had a prove it to me year yet. Even the year that I think it was, we went in and beat Columbus and then we got Carolina in the Eastern conference final and it just blew them out of the water in four games. Is that two years ago, three years ago? They've still never proven it to you. They're same as Toronto Maple Leafs, but I think the Maple Leafs have a little more star power, which scares me off. So for me, I want Carolina if I'm a Boston Bruins fan.
0: Kev, are you gonna go, or are you just what are you thinking? Yeah,
1: no, I I go. No, I
2: agree. It's like Connor's Connor covered it all pretty much. You still want Thunder? Anderson, he's gonna choke. They had a couple Priuses down there in Carolina.
0: Like, <laughs> couple Priuses. Priuses, couple
2: Priuses, uh, so
0: uh, with whatever. not enough plugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah, yeah I that, mean, that damn oh, Esco, bro.
1: Well, if Trocek is a Prius, I think we can call Sebastian Ajo a Tesla at least.
0: Yeah, he's a Tesla. That's fair. He's like a Model X too. He's a pretty good player. I would take Sebastian Ajo.
1: Um. But since I'm stealing your thunder, Kevin, on the next team, let Big Kev go first.
0: All right, Kevin, the Florida Hurricanes. See, I did that on purpose. Maybe that's not a good joke, but <laughs> they do get hit with a lot of.
2: No, Panthers scare the shit out of me. It's these guys gonna be down five-one, and they're gonna beat you seven-six in overtime. They've done it. They what did they do to Toronto the other day? It's just, dude, Barkov's a scary big dude with speed, skill. It's just though, they just have everything. They have the pieces with um, Ekblad coming back too. Is they're mm-hmm. going to get healthy at the right time? And just it's going to come down to Bob. Can Bob be Bob? Who knows? But if he is, he's on fire. Florida's going.
1: They if could, Bob can be regular season Bob. it will be great. But one of the knocks on on him in Columbus was that he never showed up in the playoffs. And Spencer Knight, knock, knock, who's there? You might have to play. And you better be good. You know, like that's the thing with me for the Florida Panthers. They have set themselves up to outscore their mistakes, which is great and all. But you need mediocre goaltending. I think they can get it, but like I said, Bavrosky has a record of struggling in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're not wrong. Bob has had some weak seasons. I don't want to play the Panthers. They just never seem to be out of games. They have depth scoring throughout their lineup. They have strong defense. They've had decent goaltending. I'd rather not play the Panthers. than all the teams we are going to talk about. Before we get into the last team, I got to give you guys a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK. That's R I N K for 125% sign up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign up bonus. The proven mainstay in the industry, mainstay in the industry, not mainstay shit. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Kevin, bre- <laughs> thank you for breathing into your mic the whole duration of my ad read. making it tough for me to speak. And we <laughs> keep this thing rolling. Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll go first with Toronto. I just, as good as Toronto is, and as much top-end talent as they had, uh, as they have, it's just hard for me to be scared of the Toronto Maple Leafs with their goaltending situation. And the fact that Matthews and Marner have yet to prove to us that when the going gets tough, they can get rough, because they don't. They don't.
1: Well, I mean, you saw Adam Matthews with the uh, Rasmus Dalene cross check to the beak, <laughs> but uh, I don't think that's what you want from your star player in the playoffs, getting a uh, one-to-two game suspension. Um, I mean, for the Maple Leafs, their offense scares me. Uh, their defense, even though you add Giordano, you still have a lot of holes there, in my opinion. Um, that's honestly where you can expose the team. And then, of course, now you've got to worry about health in their goaltending position. Morazik just got hurt recently again. Uh, I believe Campbell last night took a, a pretty big whack from Tom oh Wilson. Oh, my God, dude.
2: Wilson cleaned him out. Well, yeah, that knocked a his helmet game. off
1: the whole nine yards, but Campbell got right back up.
0: And also, today, Campbell came out and said he didn't think there was anything wrong with it, and it wasn't on purpose, and him and Wilson were actually pretty friendly at the All-Star game, and he has no problem with the play. Just, you can keep going.
1: Thank you for the interjection there, Mr. Producer Jacob over here. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, with Campbell, he was a backup in LA. And everybody said, oh, you know, he's really good, but Quick still owns the net. He could be his own starter. Kind of like an Anton Hudobin, right? But he goes out and he goes to Toronto to be the goaltender. He still looks just like a tandem goaltender to me. Nothing special. So for me, for them, for them to have question marks in goal and on the back end, I think that's just too hard to fight against in the playoffs to make yourself successful. And it's going to boil down, like I had said on a previous episode when I came on here with you guys. I really feel like William Nylander has got to go for them to be able to address some things on this team properly to make them a serious contender.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I I think they got to, they got to do something differently Um, obviously like, cause when the going gets tough, they just haven't. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I think we all agree with, if we're going to pick a team, I think it's kind of, out of all those, I guess we're looking at Carolina and Toronto yeah, I want those
1: Carolina Panthers that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, the Cam Newton-led Carolina Panthers.
2: No, nah, bring on the Rangers. Let's go, Berkowitz. All right, we'll see I'm how it goes. I'll take all your money.
0: We'll see how it goes. I don't know, man. Let's see. I, I know, I can't wait till like, I get to the playoffs, and the content around Inside the Rink is going to be going through the roof, guys. So make sure you're going to InsideTheRink.com to get all your hockey news. We're going to be doing live streams. I'm sure we're going to be doing some live watches of games where – some of our hosts are obviously fans of one team and some of the others and get to listen to us argue right live on air. Um, and check out our merch. Obviously, we, we have merch for our podcast, but even for all the other podcasts, we, we've really been starting to branch out. We have podcasts that cover a lot of the major networks, right? We have Detroit Red Wings podcast. We have a Maple Leafs podcast now. Um, we have a... Blackhawks podcast, we have a great New York Rangers podcast. And we have another Bruins podcast, the Bruins Benders. And I think their content's great.
1: And while you're on the plug train, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, where can I find all of this content? You cannot just find it at justinsidetherink.com. You can go and you can get our own mobile application on iPhone or Android. Go to the Play Store, go to the App Store, search Inside the Rink, download it, like it, leave us a comment. You can listen to your podcast in the app. Go love it. Go enjoy it. We appreciate you.
2: Come on, guys. I want to keep my legs on this month.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. That's going to be it for this week. And remember, you can follow us at Cue the Duckboats with a Z. You can follow Connor at, at the Connor Green. Thanks, guys, and have a great weekend.